Hey, hello again, and welcome back to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. This is episode four. This is John, and joining me as always, I have George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, Mo is here with us too. Hey, everybody. All right, so before we kick things off, uh, we mentioned last time we recorded that uh, we were uh, all bracing for Hurricane Irma that was uh, headed its way up the Florida coast. Yeah, it kind of went up the coast, back and forth, zigzagged. Yeah, how did you guys fare? You okay, Mo? Anything yep. all right? Yeah, gets a little bit of roof damage, but nothing serious. Yeah, I had uh, lost some fence. George, how about you guys? Not a single problem. We had power and internet the whole time. It was a party. Wow! Is that true? That's absolutely true. Holy moly. Yeah, we wow. actually had... Even I uh, lost power. <laughs> we brought family over yeah. from their houses, and they stayed with us, so we had like five or six people. I guess that was, if there was any inconvenience, <laughs> it was just having so many people and animals in one house, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Everyone's safe and sound and uh, ready to podcast. That's right. That's right. So, hey, before we get into our topics today, we have some more listener email wow uh, is, that is, is this listener listener again? it's from the fourth listener they wow. uh, they wrote in wow yeah. so so this mail is from uh the tobster <laughs> and uh the tobster says hey gxg plays needs to do joust oh yeah <laughs> yep okay i'm there I li- i'm there i Agreed. think we like the tobster already and i have to say it's got to be the uh, official arcade joust we're not going with any of those knockoffs no, or ports no, 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 to no. consoles it's the real joust got to be authentic the williams stand-up arcade cabinet. are we going to play right. joust on the little micro cabinets that you've been buying or are we going to play on the big no stick? no prop <laughs> proper real joust proper real oh, yeah. joust okay <laughs> proper joust and part two of the email uh that i enjoyed quite a bit it says uh, and if you could torture yourselves with a terrible game of E.T., that'd be great. E.T. from the 2600. Nice. So he wants us to torture ourselves with a terrible game. That's right. For his he own continues amusement. to say, selfishly, that's for my own sick amusement. So if it's a pass on E.T., I get it. <laughs> smiley face. Oh, oh now smiley we face. Well, that it. makes it better. But listen, I am absolutely taking the challenge on that. I've already added to my uh, shooting list. Uh, I've been thinking about doing an E.T. replays in, for a while, and... The theme of my replays is actually going to be in defense of E.T. for the Atari 2600. How are you going to defend E.T.? I, you'll see, but I assert it's not as bad a game as the rap that it gets. So, okay. I have to wait and see, but... I don't know. We may want to do that like with the riff track or something. so that we <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Topster, yes and yes. We will do a joust. And we will do a replays on E.T. for the 2600. Well, thanks for committing yeah. us. Hey, but it's, <laughs> it's Joust. Yeah. It's Joust. Joust I'm good with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a great really. hardship. You'll, you'll be okay. I just don't think we're going to get out of the holes in E.T. I think we're going to get stuck falling down. <laughs> <laughs> I have a solution for that. Okay. Just stay tuned. Okay. Ah, my cereal! It's haunted with ghosts! Whatever you do, don't open that box! <laughs> Chill out, Chuck. They're marshmallow ghosts. It's true! It's the fall television season. I know there's a lot of new stuff out there. I'm assuming (laughs) you guys are watching some of the new shows that I'm watching. I'm pretty sure that there's one in particular that we're all watching. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, he's singing. So we have Christmas in the fall. (laughs) That's right. It's Christmas in the fall whenever it's fall TV season. The new shows kick off. The old shows that you love come back. 
But the number one we have to talk about before we move on, we've got to bring up Star Trek Discovery. Yes, sir. Yes, we do. As we record this, the pilot has aired on CBS proper. Yep. Yes. Uh, if you head over to CBS All Access, you can get a free trial to watch the second episode, which I strongly assert was actually the rest of the pilot that they chopped unceremoniously yes. in half. Yeah, it really? Did you feel pilot. that way? Yeah, the, the first episode ended really arbitrarily in the middle of something. It wasn't even a cliffhanger. It just felt really uh, ar- artificial. Yeah, it, it felt like it was It was like part one, part two. Yeah, yeah, like it, it felt like a commercial break and then part two should have happened, but they really kind of left you... It wasn't even hanging. It was just kind of like, uh, yeah, it wasn't like, like a almost. best of both yeah. worlds next gen cliffhanger. It wasn't anything yeah, of that yeah. caliber. No, but no. the good news is I watched both both halves back to back, and yeah, together I'll see. Now I haven't watched number two yet. No, okay, no, right. no. So thought it was really important to share Star Trek with my son. And this was sure. the first time in his lifetime, probably the only time, that he would get to watch a brand new Star Trek series a from pilot. the beginning. See it from scratch. Right, sure. live. So we watched the live on CBS proper that night. And sure. then, you know, the second one was going to be on CBS All Access, but he needed to go to sleep to get ready for school. So we decided to uh, wait. Yeah, it was late. Yeah, so. Yeah, and this is Star Trek. If it came on at 1 a.m., People would have watched it. And That's right. <laughs> from all reports, people did watch it. Yeah. So impressions. So okay. I know what I think about it. George, let's start with you. I know that you're you're an equally credentialed Trekkie as me. Uh, initial thoughts. Well, so I actually I I'm how do I say this? Say it, man. I'm say a little it. bit I'm a little bit wary of my thoughts because I was so waiting for a new Star Trek series that I'm afraid that I'm looking at it through rose colored glasses. But Okay. I did really like it. I enjoyed the fact that they're taking the focal point away from a captain. I know that's a very controversial thing. So so very positive. Very positive. Um, and I think more importantly, my son actually liked it. So I felt like I got to share my next generation moment with my real life next generation. That's cool. That's cool. Mo, how about you? Well, hmm. I'm not quite hmm. as positive as George, I guess. The um, <laughs> as, If I look at it as like just a, its own show, I really enjoyed it. But when I look at it as a Star Trek show that takes place before the original series, it mm-hmm. seemed weird. Yep, sure. It just seemed like things just seemed incongruous. Like it just didn't fit very well for me. Yeah. I mean, I understand that times change. You can't have like the cheesy bridge that we had in the original Star Trek. But this bridge looked better than freaking all the other episode, you know, all the other Star Trek incarnations. <laughs> right. And then what they do with the Kleongs was weird. Yeah. So somebody online said they look like orcs from uh, Lord of the Rings. A little bit. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. And then yeah. speaking Klingon, okay, but there's a lot of subtitle reading. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of subtitles. And I well, don't not for Klingon. John. John actually speaks Klingon, so he didn't need the <laughs> <Yeah>. subtitles. <laughs> I turned the subtitles off. Yeah, you didn't need them, right? So, but I think ultimately, I mean, it needs a good, I'm going to give it a good chance because I. it seems like it's going to be totally different than any other kind of Star Trek series that we've seen because it seems mm-hmm. like it's really going to focus on a person who's not in a glorified spot of any kind. Yeah. So on I mean, that side, I think it's going to be very interesting. I, I really agree with you that I thought the show was phenomenal, but it doesn't really feel like a Star Trek right. show to me yet. 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 Yeah, yeah, maybe I mean, it, it, it may. Uh, I mean, on its own, it could have been Spaceship Babalu. It could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> it would still be a great show if it was own its own entity. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's Star Trek, it kind of... It kind of forces its hand a bit to do certain things and... Uh, and have certain expectations. Yeah. And I know that, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just that it feels like a great show. And I always love great science fiction, yeah. but I'm not sure it feels like Star Trek to me yet. 
Mm-hmm. So. I'm really yeah. interested in to see how they shoehorn this, what, adopted sister of Spock? Well, you know, we didn't find out about Cybok until much, much later after the original series. That's you know, true. Spock's half-brother. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, talking about Star Trek, though, have you, got, you seen the Orville yet? Yes. I have. Okay, yes. yeah. let me tell you. The first couple episodes, I was iffy about the thing. Mm-hmm. That third episode... I felt like I was watching a Star Trek episode. The third episode was it, tremendous. It, it really pulled me back in. I I'll felt give you that like one. a Star Trek, like a familiar in, in a good way. It had shades of like Measure of a Man, where Frakes had to represent Data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yep. had shades of uh, I, uh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but where uh, Picard had to serve as Worf's Chadich to defend himself in the Klingon Council. It had all that kind uh, of like, sins of the father. Thank you, thank you very much. Yep. And the stunner is that it didn't end the Positive. way you'd expect it to end. Right. It wasn't the uplifting ending. Is like all oh, that work and. Sorry. Oh, well. Right. <laughs> they tried to make their case, and they had the surprise witness at the end, and it still yeah. didn't work. Well, but there was still, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was sad about what happened and everything, but there was still a slight uplifting moment just in the way that sure. that the oh, father, yeah. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, that he said how he was going to provide for his child, you know, and everything. I thought that was sure. nice. No, he yeah. said, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? And now they have to deal with it, and it sounds like they're yeah. going to. But still, yeah. though, I mean, yeah. just the way that whole episode played out, and the only thing I didn't yeah. like about it is when they had to stick the... Uh, I'm gonna say it's the dick joke in there <laughs> <laughs> with the the Norm Macdonald blob. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What was the purpose of that? So, uh, without going back and rehashing, I wrote an article on GenXGrownUp.com about mm-hmm. this. And in general, you know, my feeling is that it's not sure what it wants to be yet. It feels a lot of times like a straight Star Trek: The Next Generation, but sometimes. There's some little light jokes in there that are actually witty and clever. Right. Oh, yeah, and then absolutely. sometimes there's like just asinine slapstick garbage. <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that the most of the time it's like this straight, genuine, like morality play, Star Trek episode kind of thing. That when the jokes hit you, they're jarring. You're like, yeah. whoa, oh, I forgot it was a comedy. Well, I think they forgot it was a comedy, and so they have to throw a joke in once in a while. But the, it the, the, it feels but forced. the funny parts right. in it, though, the jokes I liked were the ones that are basically just kind of character generated. <laughs> yes. Because of their personality, it's funny. 100%. 100%. In fact, I find that the uh, the way that they speak, that's uh, it's a little more natural and normal. Right. I had a buddy on Facebook who was in the Navy, and he's like, you know, the way that they're kind of doing a sides where the captain can't hear and talking shit about him. That's just how it is on a ship. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. It was you, Mo, that last time said it's either going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. Well, turns out it is a little bit of both kind of mixed (laughs) together. He he did the impossible again. (laughs) Yeah. What else have you been watching, George? I found a new television series on Amazon Prime called Salvation. Now, it just came out over the summer on one of the networks. I want to say CBS, maybe, or ABC. I can't remember which one. It's kind of um, Armageddon and Deep Impact brought into a television series. That Hmm. makes any sense? Like, leading up to it, or after, or...? Leading up to the disaster. So, it's, you know, they've discovered that there's a meteorite that's hurtling toward the Earth and gonna cause an extinction-level event, you know, the whole nine yards. And, of course, you know, the government kind of already knew it was coming, but this kid researcher at MIT or some, you know, one of the big colleges in the Northeast, he discovered it on his own, went to his professor. I really enjoy the series so far. I've watched maybe five episodes of the 10 or 11 that were out in the first season. It's got some nice drama. So there are two trains of thought in how to save the human race. One is to divert the asteroid by, you know, these crazy scientific means. And then the other way 
that the so um, Bruce Willis Armageddon got right, it. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the billionaire guy also has a plan B where he figures out, okay, we need exactly no less than I think it's like a hundred and six people in order to repopulate the human race on Mars. Oh, okay. That's oh, plan B. all right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's pretty fun so far. Right. Yeah, cool. Fun. End hey. of the world. Nothing more fun. <laughs> yeah, nothing more fun than an apocalypse. <laughs> I know. I mean, John, do you have anything lighter <laughs> besides end of the world? Something lighter? Yeah, so I was going to talk about, um, not a series, it's a, uh, there's a documentary. I love documentaries. <laughs> I came across this uh, film that was uh, released last year. It's called VHS Massacre. It's subtitled Cult Films and the Decline of Physical Media. Oh. Ooh. Okay. All of us, to some degree, are cord cutters. I have no cable whatsoever coming in my house. I know, George, you have limited cable because you do most of your stuff online now. Right. Mo, you're a cord cutter, right? Yep, yep. I cut the cord. Yep. So the, the, the documentary, it walks through like all the different kinds of like home video and how back in the heyday of VHS, when there was like, you know, there were mom and pop stores and Blockbuster hadn't gobbled everything up and everyone is starving for content. And so cult films really had their rise in like the the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, because you could make anything for a low budget and movie rental stores would snap it up because they needed content badly because people were renting like gangbusters. And they walk through all the different, you know, from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. And, and really, it's both a, a, like history lesson about the tech, which is really cool. But it's also like an analysis of how cult films rose and now are struggling because you never walk into a video store and see like some great slasher film cover art and pick up and see this cool cheesy B-movie because there's no distribution for it. Right. I found it really interesting. That sounds interesting. I have to take a look at it. You know, it's funny you yeah. bring that up. It's like uh, I remember hearing about, you know, the movie The Princess Bride. I'm sure you've oh, sure, yes. of course. Do you know that movie flopped into theaters? And mm-hmm. the only thing that yeah. saved it was VHS. Listen, that's true of so many films. Yeah. Clerks. Shawshank Redemption, Clerks, yeah. Office Space. Yep. So many films flopped to the theater, but then when they hit video, they found an audience. Right, and yep. became really super popular. Was there anything in the documentary that spoke to how things find their audiences now if they don't make it into theaters? Uh, they do talk about it. You know, they talk about you know streaming and some deals and how hard it is to get onto Netflix and how there's almost no money to be had in it. And in a way, they talk about how collecting vinyl is hip and cool and it's, you know, the, it's superior sound and everything. But there's nothing hip or cool about a VHS tape. And yeah. it's not superior. It's inferior in every way. Yeah. Except some of these guys, these purists, say, I want to watch these horrible movies on grain and hiss and static and it just it, <laughs> and it, it makes it yeah it just right. it makes tracking, it something to them geez. it makes it <laughs> so uh, I recommend it I would check it out if you like documentaries or you know you would I collected VHS and I collected DVD but now mm-hmm. I'm strictly digital and I never thought about how not just it impacted the end user but how it impacts the content generators and that's right. kind of what this film is about that's cool I'll have to check that out it's Ken and new Jewel Secrets Barbie with three fabulous secrets. We girls love lots of jewels to wear. Right, Barbie? Jewel Secrets Barbie. I know in our last episode, Mo, you had made the admission that you had not treated yourself to any tech toys yeah. in a while. So you yeah. got to starve it for some new gadgets. I was. Have you addressed that problem? Yeah, there is some good news. I actually got to play with an Oculus Rift. No, really? Yeah. Did you buy yeah, one? Nice. 
No, no, I didn't buy one because I don't think they're worth it yet. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> um, actually, at my job, we actually they had one that they're testing, and so I got to play with it for like an hour. Wow! It's a full thing with the hand controls and all that stuff. That's a that's a tough job. It was it really <laughs> was rough. It was rough to have to do that. Let me tell you though, it is damn cool. I was surprised at how quickly it's like when I was finished and I was taking off the little hand controls. I tried to set them on the virtual table. <laughs> and the guy the guy might be like wait 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 don't do that <laughs> that's not the table i'm like oh crap you're right now when i got my new galaxy phone my samsung phone it came with a headset made by oculus it's not an oculus rift but it's an oculus mm-hmm. brand on the side and it has like the single almost like a little wiimote one little thumb oh, okay, okay. thing but the Oculus is more than that, right? Is it? Yeah, the it one I you had. Don't, you like, don't plug a phone into it; it has its own screen, right? Yeah, it, it has its own screen. The hand controls have like multiple buttons um, under like all your fingers. So Ooh. to grab something, you just squeeze the whole thing. Wow! So oh, wow! Oh, so like there's a button for each finger, so it's like your fingers are closing yep. in around the object. Exactly. Wow! Oh. And so like, and they I played with like the little demo thing they had, and it's mm-hmm. basically you're in a workshop and there's like a table in front of you that you can't put actual things on apparently <laughs> <laughs> but and then this robot flies up and basically hands you discs that you have to grab and then you put into the 3D printer that's next to you and then it prints <sighs> some sort of object that you can play with so it made like little rockets and you're shooting <laughs> rockets and then you know you have a gun that shoots darts and you're shooting darts all over the place that's cool it was a lot cooler than I expected it to be to be honest I thought it was going to be like kind of like eh, okay it'll be cool but it was actually like I said I was playing for like an hour and I was like feeling guilty I was like I should probably get back to work <laughs> How about you, John? You find anything cool lately? Uh, or really just an update. I know last time we talked about, uh, I was, I we come across that uh, Atari 2600 handheld from uh, Europe. I think George are the one that said the appetite suppressant for not buying that was I came across this other thing that came out last year called the uh, Flashback Portable that plays Atari games. Right, yep. And uh, it came in. Nice. And it's really cool. It has like 60 games built in, but the best part of it is you could take an SD card and load hundreds more games on there, and you could play so many Atari games so in you your can, pocket. What, like if you have ROMs for the other Atari 2600s, you can load them in? Exactly. Wow. Yep. Okay. So it ships with like 60, and I added about 600 more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I remember John, you actually you showed it to me, and I was play, I was pretty impressed. It's not, it's not bad. It's not yep. bad. I mean, it sounds a little tinny. Yep. That's like the biggest complaint I had, though. I mean, everything else about it, it played well. It, I thought it was pretty neat. Yep. So, yeah, I, I took a full look at it, and I did a review, and that's coming to the uh, YouTube site uh, in a few days, actually. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. You're aware that we have a YouTube site? <laughs> I am. You told me last week. I did, but I you never remember. So, Oh, so it's not the memory <laughs> problem. It's the paying attention no, to no, George problem. It's, right. <laughs> it's not the content. It's the source. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Who are the vegetable race? The lettuce. It won by a head. <laughs> What's red and grows in a vine? A tomato. <laughs> no, a cucumber with a sunburn. So, have you been playing any good games lately? Oh, you know that I have. Yeah, I, I figured play games you would. That's why I asked. <laughs> uh, I mean, aside from, uh, you know that we just picked up a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yes. So, uh, I'm, I'm steady, steady practicing that. You better. So we can have a GXG plays. <laughs> but uh, actually, the thing I'm going to play most. Uh, lately, I've been on the road working, and I came across this really cool um, phone app. There aren't a lot of games that are worth my time, in my opinion, on the phone. Most of them are, you know, click until it's frustrating, and then you could pay a dollar to keep playing. 
But I came across this really cool game called Aux B. A-U-X, the letter B. Hmm. Okay. It's a super nerdy game. Uh, I'm going to call it, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle it's game. It's a puzzle game. Um, yeah. It's, it's on Android. It's on iOS. Here's the concept. How many times have you been behind your mountain of electronics trying to plug one thing into the next thing and realizing you need an adapter to plug? Well, I need, I got to turn HDMI into display DVI. port and then it's got to be DVI. <laughs> That's what I was having to do That's to get ready game. for the podcast. So it's like this, the back of this big... That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the back of this big audio rack and there's signal coming out of a certain plug. And on the screen, there are all these adapters. Like, okay, well, it's... Looks like it's a headphone jack. Here's something that'll turn a headphone jack into an XLR. Mm-hmm. Then here's something that turns XLR into an RCA. And then I could plug it into the output. And so every one of them starts with like, I'd have two XLR outputs. I need, at the bottom, I need to get it into two RCAs. And you've got to figure out how to, there's splitters and adapters and combiners. It's so much fun to me because the back of my entertainment center has always looked like a mountain of spaghetti because I have that kind of junk back there. <laughs> I showed it to my wife when we were having lunch and I said, here, take a look at this. And she's like, none of these things look, they all look the same to me. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> If you're kind of an audiophile and a tech nerd, it's really neat. This almost yeah. sounds like they took being a sales employee at Circuit City and turned it into a game. Well, except you're competent. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's why there aren't any Circuit Cities anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but I, I, I think both of you would enjoy it. You should oh, check no, it out. I, no, right. John, you did, I've, though, right? I've already been playing it. Well, I guess I'll have to download it then. The first, like, 40 levels yeah. are free, and uh, I think I'll definitely buy it. If I get to 40, if I can make it that far, I think I'll probably buy more. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's really did. cool. <laughs> did you? Okay. Oh, yeah. And they get more complicated, which is cool. Okay. So, I mean, this is a little phone game. It's a time killer, but I find it very enjoyable. I'll yeah. actually sit down and choose to play that if something else is available just because it's fun. Anybody else who's been playing something new? Actually, I found a pretty cool game on Steam called Logic okay. Bots. Have you guys heard of this one? No. Sounds like a puzzle game. Uh, sort of, kind of. It's basically you have, like, a robot kit. And you have things like you have wheels and sensors and a chassis. And then they have things like it could detect like lines on the on the floor. So you, okay. you have to use it basically has like logic circuits that you could put in. So you can say, okay, this wheel is tied to this sensor. So when this sensor goes off, then the wheel turns. If you get off the line, then this wheel will stop and the other wheel will keep going to kind of get you back on track again. Huh. And it's it's a it was actually it's a pretty cool um i wish it was like almost like a real kit that you could build with your hands because it's kind of fun and they they ease you into it like they start very simple like okay just Mm -hmm. make it go straight across the room and then okay one turn how do you handle a turn but then now it's like okay you got these you know sharp 120 degree turns and 90 degree turns and then you know where do you put your sensors to detect where the line is sounds like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts with robots you know actually kind of sort of yeah yeah kind of sort of um graphics are very cool all 3D and and then you could you know run your test and you could rewind it and do all that kind of fun stuff with it, but it was just like one of these games I wish they had when I was a kid because I definitely would have played the crap out of this thing you know because okay. it's, huh. it's it's everything that I used to get into you know that sounds really cool I'm gonna yeah, check it out definitely worth it so how much was it I should ask how much was it it wasn't that much actually I think it was like twelve dollar game okay so now are you getting twelve hours worth of Corys out of it or I've gotten more than my Corys worth out of this game. 
You've gotten more than 12 hours out of this game already? Yeah, I played the crap out of this thing for a while. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, you, right. you've, you've met the Corey criteria. You've yeah. got your money's worth. How about you, George? Man, what have you been playing? So I started playing a game actually today that you and John have apparently already played, probably all the way through, called Oxenfree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys already know all about it, so me explaining it to you is pointless. So I'll explain it to anybody else who might be listening, that fourth listener. <laughs> well, maybe there he is our fourth it. listener. Come on. If anybody... Sorry, Topster, listen up. Yeah. Here's Oxenfree. <laughs> if, if anybody enjoyed Life is Strange, which... I think is a fan favorite for all of us. It's a little bit different perspective as far as, you know, you're further, the camera's further away from the characters and they're a little bit simpler drawn, but I really like the artwork in the game. Yeah. Oxenfree was great. I'm glad you were discovered. I I didn't realize you hadn't played it. It would have been a recommendation. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. It's been a blast. uh, Have you you tuned in the radio yet? Yeah. So I've tuned in the radio. That's so cool. That's a great game. It's it's an adventure game, but it's uh, it's kind of exploration, but it's very, very story driven. Yeah. Yeah. And, I really, just like with Life is Strange, I started really caring about the character, and I've I've noticed mm-hmm. something lately. Each one of the characters that I've really started to care an awful lot about, they're all female characters. They're all young women who, you know, like daughters who are in, you know, desperate situations, or, you know, and there's a lot of teen angst and everything. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about the writing that's going on right now for these different things, well, you know, but it's amazing. That's a good point. I'd never thought of that before, but as you said that it may be just growing up there were no female characters in any of the video games we played Two well i mean there so were like, but there weren't ones that so you cared about it okay. was you know Lara, like you were Lara rescuing a princess count. <laughs> no but see but she's the only one i could think of so yes i mean yeah but i mean she was like over sexualized and there was no character to her she was just she had guns she was basically you know, she was Duke Nukem with tits. Right. Okay. But, okay, but yeah, I mean, give you that, but. These, these are, these, you're, you're right. You know, these, this is the first time as video game players that we've been able to explore that perspective because they never used to put women protagonists in video games. And now that they are, it's like, it's new and fresh. The emotional depth in these female characters, I and you know I have all boys. I know, John, you have a daughter. Mo, you have a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys have lived that life for real. Because if... I had a daughter, and I know that these things are... The drama. I would lose my mind. I mean, I would just be crying (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I I will let you know, George, since you're not done with Oxenfree, Mm -hmm. brace yourself, because there are about 15 different endings that you can get. Is it really? I didn't realize that. Yep. Holy cow. And that's just all because it's all... and that. Well, I guess I didn't explain that. It's... All the choices are all dialogue choices, it seems. Seems mm-hmm. like the dialogue yeah, is what drives where you go. Yeah. So you've already gotten your Corey out of it, because uh, one hour, one dollar. Oh, I'm, I'm four times my Corey. <laughs> I've got four Corys. All right. It's amazing on Steam right now that they're still selling that game for 20 bucks. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, doubt it. humble bundle, man, all the time. Yep. You can't exactly go get exactly what you want, but if you keep your eyes open, sometimes gems pop up for next to nothing. I think if I remember right, I texted you or something saying, hey, there's mm-hmm. you know a very positive, and this game kind of looks interesting. You were like, oh, you have to get it right now. I was like, okay, right. Yep. all right. Yeah, I think you said... Uh, I get it for about seven bucks, and I said I'd pay you eight bucks to play. That's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 that much worth you experiencing. Yeah, it, so. and you know Good. I still I haven't seen the eight dollar PayPal yet. I'm kind of waiting. It must be lost in the mail. Uh, PayPal mail? Okay. Yeah, I sent a snail. I sent you a check. It's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, come outside. Everybody ready for a 
Okay, guys. So before we wrap it up, we always like to end our podcast talking about what are the things that are going to happen in uh, media or tech or whatever it is between now and two weeks from now, we do another one of our regular podcasts. Anyone? Oh, phew. all right. Now, John, you may not care about this one because, you know, <laughs> what? I'm just saying you may not care about this one, but I, for one, am totally looking forward to the new Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I do care. Oh, oh. you don't get to say you care. You can say that you're going to tag along with one of us, but you don't get to say you care. <laughs> oh. I can't not see it because the grief I got over the first one. I've got to see this one. Well, that's you true. Know, not only do you have to see it, I believe you have to buy our tickets to go see it. <laughs> George, I totally agree. I think that will go a long way to balancing the scales on this thing. If I thought it would shut you up, I would do it. Because <laughs> you know it won't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> But I might still do it just as a gesture of goodwill. No, yeah, but let me tell you though, they just had they just came out with a new trailer, like I think a week ago. Another Every one. trailer, the movie looks better. Wow. Yeah, and I'm really scared because yeah. it looks too good <laughs> to be true. And you know, I'm I'm hoping for an aliens type of sequel moment, but mm, yeah. I'm scared to death. Nice. I don't know. This is actually it's a two and a half hour movie. So it's a long movie. You know, it's approaching uh, Lord of the Rings lengths here. But yeah. I'm such a fan of the original, John, that <laughs> <laughs> have so many other people are, or at least all the people who know anything about science fiction are. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that Get him, Mo. I want to see this one just do. <laughs> if it's not spectacular, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, that's why I'm scared, because it has to be spectacular in order to live a to expectations. It's probably got to be two and a half hours because they got to get in all the dream sequences and the narration. <laughs> yeah. So they you have to have the that, voiceover, right? Then they have to cut that later and then put out the 90 minute one. There you go. I know you're not throwing shade at Blade Runner considering you haven't, you just now oh, saw heavens, the original. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Other than making fun oh, of John yeah. about Blade Runner. Never gets old. Um, never gets old. I th- nope, never will. Never will. I think the thing I'm most looking forward to uh, coming up uh, this weekend, actually, for me, is Megacon Tampa. Oh, you're going? Yeah, I'm oh, going, cool. actually. So what we're doing is we're driving down Friday night after school and work. Anybody, any good guests going to be yeah. there? Or? So, and, well, believe it or not, making his next final appearance in Florida will be Stan Lee Wait again. <laughs> I paid to get his art picture last time because it was supposed to be his last one. Yes, sir. Who else is there? Um, You know, there it, most of the rest of it, uh, Shatner's going to be there. So Anyone important? He was at a couple of Megacons <laughs> back. William. Wow. <laughs> Other than that, I, I wasn't really worried too much about the celebrities. I know there's some Doctor Who people that are going to be there and yeah. things like that. But because of my rekindled interest in comic books, I'm really going yeah. for the comic yeah. book stuff at Megacon this time. As many different conventions as I've went to over the years, not so much in recent years, but you know, back in the 90s, uh, we went to so many conventions that... The stars became secondary to me. You know, I enjoyed going to these big conventions mm-hmm. just to be yeah. in that environment. That's what was cool. To be around other like-minded people that are interested in the same stuff and they geek out over the same stuff. That's kind of, for me, going to those big cons is, it's that part of part of it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like when uh, going to Megacon Orlando, it's kind of like, you want to dress like Spider-Man all day? Okay. You know, <laughs> it's go, you go for it, and nobody, no one judging, no one. You know, it's just be who you are, and just have a good time. What are the dates again? Uh, it's this Friday, actually, which is 
um, the 29th through the October oh, nice. 1st. All right. So well, cool. All right. Well, have a yeah. good time. We look forward to hearing how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Twizzlers make me very happy. I love the way they taste so chewy. Twizzlers make me very happy. All right, so we've talked about an enormous amount of things once again, and anything that we talked about, we're going to throw some links down in the yep. show notes. So if you guys want to find out more about the subjects that we covered today, look down below and click away. Hey, and also be sure to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use, whether it's you know Stitcher or iTunes. Yeah, and uh, speaking of iTunes, if you do use iTunes, it would really help us out if you would go over to our podcast in the... Uh, podcast section and give us five stars and give us a quick review because it helps people to find us. Yeah, if you can give us less than five stars, then you shouldn't do it. <laughs> That's right. If it's, it's one star, don't really bother. Yeah, if you <laughs> do like, okay, four is okay, but anything less than just, just bypass that and move on. And another thing we would ask is if you enjoy this podcast at all, tell a friend who doesn't know about this podcast that we exist. Getting the word out is what it's all about. The more people we reach, and it'll spread like a virus. <laughs> so, yeah, so our, our number four listener <laughs> needs to make it five. No, number five. That's right. Because we have a fourth listener, we got some more listener mail Love this week. Love to listener mail. And the way we received that, yeah, absolutely. The way we received that was via email at podcast at genxgrownup.com. So if you guys out there, if we get a fifth and a sixth listener, go ahead and send us your email suggestions and we'll make sure we include them in the podcast. And also, hey, John, you know we have a yeah. YouTube channel, right? I, I, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, just so all the <laughs> listeners out there who maybe didn't know, you know, be, don't forget to visit us on YouTube. And also you can check us out on our site, which is genxgrownup.com. And while you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you check out John's oh, Blade yes. Runner I'm video. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> check out the part I one. Feel free to throw things at your screen as he's, as he's going through it. Oh, it's goodness. Uh, never gets old. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, despite being uh, relentlessly harassed, it's always a great time speaking with you guys. Thanks for taking the time to dial in. Yo, absolutely, man. This is always fun. Yeah, it's. I love getting the one opportunity to make oh. fun of John. <laughs> I'm here for you. All right. We'll have a new podcast in two weeks and a backtrack in one week. So make sure you subscribe, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. See you guys later. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.